Hey, this is Pastor Dave with the Less is More podcast, and today we're going to continue our series on Nehemiah with the fifth installment, uh, which I'm calling Course Correction. I'll never forget one Christmas I wanted a Charlotte Hornets windbreaker. I dropped some serious hints, and on Christmas morning was expecting my payday. When I received an Ohio State windbreaker, instead I was visibly upset and sulked the rest of the morning. (laughs) Now, we've all had times when we were a little more focused on receiving rather than giving. Even though we might like or love the people we are requesting things from, in the end, neither party will have a warm feeling about the interaction. Or what about when we are on the other end? Someone we like or even love is requesting things from us, and we start to get that feeling that we are a means to an end. Today we're going to talk about an uncomfortable situation that Nehemiah had to confront. They were community leaders who were guilty of exploiting their own countrymen and speeding up the poverty process. And Nehemiah had the unpleasant but necessary task of confronting them in order to rescue the people, not from their enemies, but from their neighbors' callous business practices. The story is found in Nehemiah chapter 5. There is a great outcry against their own people. You know, sometimes the enemies within are the most dangerous. Some of the Israelites were, were starving. Some of them were borrowing to live. Some were borrowing to pay taxes. Some even had to sell their children as slaves to their own countrymen. When they needed food or to pay taxes, they would leverage their assets. And when they had no other assets, they would leverage themselves. Many of the returned exiles were suffering at the hands of some of their rich countrymen. These people would lend sums of money. Then when the debtors missed a payment, they would take over their fields. Left with no means of income, the debtors were forced to sell their children into slavery, which was a common practice at this time. These wealthy Jews were speeding up the process of impoverishing their countrymen by charging excessive interest. So Nehemiah goes ahead and accuses these leaders of wrongdoing. Now, this is really risky. These are not his enemies outside the city walls that we've talked about before. These are his co-laborers and patrons. He says, you are treating people like commodities, seeking to extract value from them. God purchased them, and now you are selling them. You buy and sell things, not people. This was a clear violation of the law. And so in response, these people keep quiet because there's nothing for them to say. He continues, what you are doing is not right. It is embarrassing us in front of our neighbors the world. Stop it. Give back what is rightfully theirs and the extra you have taken. Their response is, we will do as you say. And then Nehemiah shakes the folds of his garment and basically says, if you don't do what you've promised, God will shake you out like I'm shaking out the folds of this garment. This symbolic act was a curse. He pronounced that anyone who did not keep his promise would likewise be shaken out and emptied. And they actually did as they promised there was still time for them to course correct. What's interesting is that Nehemiah in this story shows the same kind of mercy that he's begging God for at the beginning of the story. In other words, because God showed mercy when he didn't have to, Nehemiah was inspired also to show mercy. Now, what might Nehemiah have done had he not become convinced that he served a merciful God? (laughs) He might have started a revolution that ended in execution. He further goes on to lecture these um, greedy countrymen 
by saying that as a governor, he had rights and privileges that he chose not to exercise. In other words, Nehemiah was more focused on giving than getting. And he ends the story by saying, remember me, O God, for all I have done for these people. In other words, he's looking to God um, to pay him back or to take care of him. People were his priority. Nehemiah was not focused on getting. He was focused on giving. So what do we learn about God from this story? Number one is that God inspires. Throughout the entirety of this story, we see how God inspires each action. God inspired Nehemiah to move beyond prayer to participation. God inspired Nehemiah to go on location and speak to the audience God himself had provided. And now God's generosity has inspired Nehemiah not only to confront these people seeking to extract, but to be merciful to them as well. Romans 2 talks about how God's kindness leads us toward repentance. Ultimately, it is Jesus' sacrifice on the cross that inspires us to respond to God's free gift of salvation. Now, I am personally moved daily by God's grace to be generous to others. So number one, God inspires. What else do we learn about God? Number two, God will remember. Nehemiah was convinced that God was watching. Not only did God influence what he did do, God also influenced what Nehemiah didn't do. He believed and requested that God remember his actions on behalf of his people. And then thirdly, God will reward. Coupled with a belief that God will remember his actions is also a hope that God will reward him for his actions. There are more verses on this than I care to cover in this segment, but scripture certainly indicates that our choices have consequences, whether good or bad. And though I am not focused on the rewards, I believe that seeking and obeying God will benefit me and my family. So what about you and I today? Based on this story, how does God want us to act? Three things. Number one, be a contributor. Becoming an extractor often is a gradual process rooted in fear that is then fueled by greed. We're concerned we're not going to have enough. And then this becomes a habit that we are likely unaware of and are able to easily, easily rationalize. Are you looking for bargains? I do. But what is the problem with that? We're looking to get more than we give, right? So in, in other words, be a contributor. Look to give value, not extract value. Number two, challenge the extractors. There are situations in life where somebody's looking to get something from you for nothing. You can push back a little bit. If there's a situation where someone's trying to take advantage of you, it's okay to set boundaries and to push back because in this situation, Nehemiah could have easily just let them go on their merry way, extracting value and treating their countrymen as a commodity. But God wants us to challenge the extractors by doing a little pushback. Push for a win-win situation. And if people aren't willing, then we can walk away. It's the old win-win or no deal from Stephen Covey's writings. Either we both win or I walk away. So number one, be a contributor and look to give, not get. And number two, challenge the extractors. And then finally, be merciful. People who don't see the way God sees will struggle with this. We've all struggled with this at one time or another. I'll never forget sitting in a support group and realizing for the first time that the stories I was hearing in the room could easily have been my story. And I saw firsthand how kindness and support drew these men to repentance and restoration. 
So be a contributor, challenge the extractors, and be merciful in the way that Nehemiah did in this story. Now, what if we would resolve to be contributors? What if our daily focus was to give rather than to get? What if we would be willing to challenge the extractors by setting an example and by withdrawing our participation when necessary? And what if we would be willing to show mercy to people who are struggling with what we ourselves struggle with? How might God use us to inspire others to make their unique contribution? And what might our society look like if just the Christians would focus on making their unique contribution? Be encouraged, my friends. I pray that this was helpful today. Praying for you, Pastor Dave.